Hello and welcome to Explore, the official podcast of the University of Exeter, with me, Cam Taylor. During this episode of what is now part two of the Movember series, I'll be getting a behind-the-scenes look at the Movember Foundation, and I'll be chatting to Ozzy and Ronnie, two of Movember UK's fundraising managers, and I'll be asking them about how the campaign went for them this year. I will also be unpicking how the money that is raised during Movember goes towards supporting men's health in the UK. But before I spoke to Ozzy and Ronnie for Movember, I caught up with Charlie Fernandez and Josh Dillon, two of the Movember ambassadors for this year, and I asked them how they got involved with Movember. Charlie, Josh, thank you, uh, thank you for joining me today. How are you guys? Yeah, well, good, thank you. Uh, yeah, no good. worries, great to be here. Why did you start to get involved with Movember? Like, what, what inspired you guys to to help you know, run the campaign? Yeah, so um, I, I first got involved in first year. Um, I shaved my head because I can only grow about three or four hairs on my top lip. Um, so I shaved my head with a, with a mate. We set, up, we set up an Instagram page and we actually managed to raise about 950 quid, which was a really good effort, I thought. And um, I sort of, I looked into the charity a bit from that and saw all the work that they were doing. So last year, um, I knew Toby Gill, who was an ambassador um so I asked to get involved a bit with him I helped him run a few things um and then he recommended me went for the interview and got got the ambassador job this year which I'm really chuffed about um we've been pretty busy it's been a pretty hectic start to the term but um I think it's going really well um I think for me it was I was lucky enough I went to school at the same school as Charlie Stewart who ran the Exeter campaign a few years ago and was really like big in kind of bringing it to Exeter uni and so I'd always just see stuff on his Facebook at what he what was going on so I kind of had awareness of it and I've just been lucky enough to know him to know Zane to know Sam Spreadell that did it last year and so I've kind of just yeah just coincidentally managed to see what all those guys are doing know those guys and kind of just fall into it I think yeah and it's very much like a brotherhood I think the extra November thing so I've just I feel lucky to be a kind of part of that yeah. I was lucky enough to catch up with Charlie Stewart who was Josh mentioned was a Movember ambassador during his time as a student at Exeter. Charlie also continues to work with Movember as a community ambassador. I asked him where it all started for him. So my, my involvement started in my so my, my first year at uni. I did I did the I did the campaign. Normally I just did Grimo in my halls as in the frowder. Um, had this like ridiculous monkey tail on my face, um, which obviously is a freshest like. You know, it's, it's, it's your vainous year, and I decided to do that, which is, is sort of a guess a potential mistake. But it's um, no, so so there wasn't actually a ambassador or any any kind of campaign that that sort of existed then. I mean, I think there had been a few attempts at it prior to me joining. I think um, I remember Rag had some stuff that they did with it. Uh, they had a few events like Moses to Varsity was run, um, and a few bits and pieces. And I think there had been an ambassador before, like a couple of years before that. Um, I can't remember the name of him, and I think that was actually a, her as well. Um, but then, yeah, I, I mean, my my um, uncle unfortunately passed away in January of my first year, and then I got a got an email from November randomly that popped up that just says kind of we're we're looking for some ambassadors. And at the time, my uncle had passed away from cancer, and it had been he had had testicular cancer at one point, and I grew facial hair. So I was like, you know, let's just like let's just do this. It's, it seems like quite an easy um, easy way to kind of raise some money and get people talking. And obviously it's kind of expanded into becoming this huge um, mental health platform that, mm. that people can really spread such a positive message. 
but yeah, it wasn't really, it wasn't really a huge, a huge thing. And then kind of more and more people kind of got involved as we, as we went through. So in my, I'm kind of rambling a bit, but in my, um, in my second year, kind of I worked with Gareth Davies pretty closely. Um, and we kind of started doing some more events and, and working with Rag and, and Pete Brand and a few others. And that was, it was pretty good. But again, like we didn't really, we were kind of getting to the point where we could kind of start spreading the message. So that was like my first year, I guess, working closely with the foundation. And then kind of in, in the third year is when it kind of really kicked off. Like we, I know you, you were part of it in the rugby club and, and we, we kind of, we started really getting this sort of society competitiveness involved. In it. And I think it's just kind of, it kind of speaks volumes about the foundation really generally that it's, but it kind of just, it seems like people just need a platform to just get out and talk. It's it, it sort of, it felt to me like in my in my final year, as soon as I started saying to people, you know, let's do this, grow mo, like forcing, forcing people to get involved, kind of, you know, going around different societies. It felt like people then, it just was like a key to unlock it. And suddenly everyone was like, yeah, let's do it. And then from then on, it kind of, you know, you saw what, because Zane, I remember when I first met Zane in, in my, um, in my second year because he was doing boxing and then we kind of grouped together and both became the ambassadors the year after um and you know it just kind of every year since it's just been more and more people just wanting to do it and because it's obviously it's just such an amazing cause going back to sort of november you know foundation um and, and what does the organization do you know there's a lot of money that's raised each year as you say goes towards <coughs> raising awareness of of men's physical health and, and our mental health. Where, where do you think, where does, how does that money and that fundraising help men's health? Sure. So um, I guess if you, if you, if you take it back a bit, it's sort of the way it started is always quite amusing. I remember when I was kind of given the background of what actually happened with, with November and how, how it started. It basically started a group of mates in Australia, you know, growing a mo just because it was, they wanted to bring something back. And then it's obviously grown exponentially every year from then on. And it's, it started maybe as a, as a, as a foundation actually that, that was focusing on prostate cancer. So initially it was, it basically started as, as a group of guys raising a bit of money. They needed someone to actually give, give money to. And then it's, you know, it's, it's come out as they went, what's the biggest killer in men? The biggest killer in men is prostate cancer. So let's, you know, put our money towards that. Then it sort of evolved into, right, let's focus on young men. What's the biggest killer of young men? Testicular cancer. And then it was sort of, right, as, as we move on, what is the sort of, biggest I guess societal issue nowadays and that is more is more mental health and it's the fact that you know three and four suicides are, are men um, there's basically an epidemic in in suicides through poor mental health and through toxic masculinity and you know through I guess poor gender idealization so it, it, there's sort of so many issues that stem from that so that's kind of the background of how how the causes came came to be those those three with regards to projects, it's interesting. Like they, they do so much that it's it's kind of hard to I guess narrow down into individual areas. But there's a few sort of key projects that that they work on. So True North is a really interesting one they they do, which is um. So the way sorry I'll get back actually the way they they operate is um they they operate as a foundation not as a not as a charity. So they raise money on behalf of projects which they fund. So that's always a that's the way that I I kind of find and it's it's how they can be so innovative in some of the marketing they do and some of the projects they get involved in just simply because they don't have you know they don't say we are raising money for this specific reason every year forever 
it's it's like we can evolve with the times we can change what we invest in we can find innovative ways to 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 grow and um to raise awareness and i think that that for me is always what's kind of sort of hit hardest i think i think that's the the, the reason why i've i've kind of you know appreciate the work they do so much so they, a few of the projects they kind of do is is uh, true north which they do for prostate and testicular cancer which is a platform of expert knowledge effectively like a digital resource so it basically helps men um access this information um they also do uh they, they create every year, they create different um, campaigns. So I think it was this year. This year created, or it might be last year's creation, but Alec, which I'm, I'm sure you've um, you've seen thrown around the ask, listen, encourage and, and check in. And they another example of sort of something they, they developed was the Movember Conversations tool. I'm not sure if, you, if you've seen that, but effectively it's a, it's a tool where you can have the difficult conversation. So you go, you log, you log in on, online and you can start having the the conversation that you would have with someone important in your life but it's digital and they kind of guide you through the steps this is the kind of the way to do it you should check in on people it should be more of a listening and encouraging approach rather than sort of telling people what to do and getting people to seek professional help so it is i think i think the the in in summary the the work they do tends to just be they raise the the money it goes into this pot and then they find a way to sort of invest this into into projects and then to develop successful pilots and to run programs and from from the discussions i had with charlie i found it really interesting and even even listening to it back how november as a foundation has managed to evolve and really diverse to diversify itself in terms of the projects it gets involved with and so to find out more about some of these projects and the work that november gets involved with i spoke to ozzy and ronnie two of the uh, fundraising managers at november yeah, so thank you, uh, Ozzy and, and Ronnie, for, for joining me this morning. I really appreciate it. Um, could both of you sort of introduce yourselves and sort of your role at Movember? Yeah, sure. So I, I'm fundraising manager for sort of sport and exercise uh, Movember. So I work a lot with like rugby clubs, amateur and professional. Um, and then we'll sort of manage our partnership with Mo Running and a sort of a group of sports ambassadors as well. Yeah, and I'm Ronnie, and a similar role to Ozzy, but centered around education, so schools and universities specifically. Um, similar kind of role, so working a lot with university students, um, specifically Exeter this year, who are doing awesome. Um, and then I also have a student ambassador program within that. Um, so it's kind of essentially sort of supporting the community, helping them have all the resources and tools they need, and empowering them to fundraise. Amazing, amazing stuff. I guess one of the first questions I want to throw at you. I know, obviously, Movember hasn't really officially finished yet and donations still flood in in, until the early weeks of December. But I guess just taking a bit of a step back and reflecting on the campaign so far this year, you know, how has it been for you? Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's been different from other years. Uh, How could it not be? Um, but no, it's gone. It's gone well for us in terms of sort of you know we've we've had over a hundred thousand people sign up in the UK. Um, you know the the numbers look good for us. Um, for me personally, with the sort of sport fundraising, obviously, had a, had a few challenges um, at different stages. Obviously, not knowing what was going to be possible. Um, you know, some clubs not being able to get together 
in, in November itself especially has been a big challenge because a lot of you know teams do fundraising around match days and um, they weren't even allowed to train together in November so um, yeah that, that was obviously a big had quite a big impact on some of our fundraisers um, and obviously like our mo running events were all sort of cancelled as well um, so that was quite a big thing they usually have 20,000 runners different locations across the UK um, but obviously that's all, all been changed but we've seen people obviously sort of move fundraising online um, so people doing virtual runs and, and sort of virtual events and things like that and that's that's been pretty amazing to see sort of like the positive response from people sort of shifting shifting how they do things yeah absolutely so similar story for for education I mean we were kind of all prepared for the worst I guess as everyone probably was this year um, and you know specifically with unis a lot of unis were completely virtual no one was going to be on campus um, everyone was going to be doing stuff online and not actually being physically together so I definitely wasn't expecting all the amazing fundraising that's happened um, and you know there could be multiple reasons for that but I think from the conversations I've had with students, um, you know, a lot, they don't have that much to do, first of all. <laughs> They're kind of locked at home. So doing a kind of move challenge or something like that, which A, connects them to other students, you know, they're posting it online. Everyone's kind of feeling like they're part of this community hub and also keeping physically active, um, which has been a priority for a lot of people um, during lockdown, I think have, have meant that actually they're getting more involved, um, if anything. Um, so yeah, it's been really, really positive. Similar with, with the schools, you know, lots of schools focusing a bit more on mental health as well. Um, after lockdown, lots of people, I think, have struggled with their own mental health and as a result are a little bit more aware of it and want to kind of raise even more awareness around that. So yeah, I think it's been, it's actually been positive in that regard. Obviously, it's been a really difficult year for lots of people, but, you know, from that perspective, I think it's been really positive. And certainly from, from an extra example, I think has been remarkable in terms of we've raised nearly double what we raised last year. And even last year, we thought, <laughs> can it get any bigger? <laughs> um, so in a way, it's, it's almost like, you know, from, a, from an extra uni perspective, COVID has actually given people more motivation and, and um, it has been more engagement because of that. Do, is, is there anything like you think you're going to sort of take away from, from this year's campaign, which perhaps, you know, you might take forward in future campaigns? Yeah, I think like, um, well, we had a bit of time to prepare for a campaign in terms of, um, we, we sort of brought forward some of our digital mental health tools. Um, so we were kind of waiting to release them later, but coronavirus sort of sped everything up. Um, and yeah, so that's that, that's been one sort of good outcome as we've kind of built up our sort of, offering of mental health resources um which will will continue to sort of grow and develop um as we go forward and just like it's just been great to see everyone sort of re being aware like in preparation for the struggles that which will come from covid which will be long lasting but everyone being aware that everyone's going to be in, impacted um it's great to see that everyone's sort of aware that you know that there is going to be a bit of a mental health crisis over the next you know sort of few years probably because of this so um yeah, going forward, just sort of picking up on that kind of community motivation, that desire to reach out and help others, knowing that's there. So yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, where we where we take that next in terms of sort of mental health tools and, and programmes. Just picking up on that point about 
mental health resources and, and mental health tools. Can you tell us a bit more about how the funding and fundraising helps contribute towards you know, the creation of these resources on mental health? Yeah, sure. Um, so we've got some November Conversations, for example, which is our online platform um, that sort of educates men on how to have tough conversations, also also women as well, you know, how to reach out to someone who you think might be struggling. So we've got a couple of educational tools like that. Well, there's one specifically for, for new fathers as well, which is a group we've identified as sort of being at, at sort of a higher risk of mental health issues as well. Um, and then we've got the more sort of face-to-face stuff when it's when it's allowed. Um, things like um, Ahead of the Game, um, which uh, is our sort of mental health programme for um, sort of young men in, in sports clubs, um, which we run in, in partnership with Quinns and um, a bunch of other sort of uh, sporting organisations around the world. Um, so that's yeah. I mean, th- those are just our, our mental health investments. Um, there's there's a f- quite a few more examples as well, um, out there. And what about from an educational setting, Ronnie? Are there any particular resources or projects that are perhaps more relevant, or, or perhaps new students can access? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a few. Obviously, there's lots of great examples. Um, specifically, I think for students you know, what directly affects them more of our cause areas will be mental health and testicular cancer, actually, Um, which I think awareness around that is getting better, but a lot of people still don't realise how young it can actually affect you. Um, So one example of of something we're doing around that is called True North Testicular Cancer. Um, And it's a digital platform which essentially supports men around uh, their testicular cancer diagnosis. Um, So it talks about pre-diagnosis, treatment and recovery. Um, and kind of gives you all the information and resources um, and answers any questions you may have um, and kind of connects you with other men who have had testicular cancer as well to kind of give you support and just help you feel a bit better about the whole scenario. Um, We actually had a student last year, a university student. um, He was our top fundraiser last year and he got testicular cancer in October of last year Um, and he used that platform. And he said that it was really great and it answered a lot of his questions and kind of just made him feel a lot more at ease with the whole thing um, and a little bit less sort of medical jargony. Um, if you just go on NHS or, you know, those medical websites, it can be a bit daunting, I think. Um, so this is just a lot easier for people to access and to kind of relate to and understand. Um, so that's sort of specifically around testicular cancer. Um, and then in terms of sort of other resources education wise this year, We've also produced a mental health lesson plan for schools um, and that potentially could be rolled out to older ages as well. But it's sort of aimed at, you know, year seven to year 12 type ages. Um, and that's kind of based on the Movember Conversations tool that Ozzy had mentioned earlier. And it's essentially teaching people how to have those conversations, those difficult conversations around mental health um, and also how to identify if someone might not be OK and then what to do about that, because we often say, oh, you need to talk more and open up and, you know, feel empowered to do that. But how do you do that? And how do you have those conversations? That can be the trickiest part. So this lesson plan is sort of aimed at the younger age group to get them used to having those conversations at a younger age. Um, so that's been a really positive thing that's, that's happened for this campaign, for schools um, specifically. And yeah, again, there's lots of other examples. So we can link you to movember.com to have a look at some of our other projects as well. So all the... So for like November conversations, can that be accessed through the website? Yeah, it's got its own website, actually. I think it's just 
uh, conversations.movember.com. So yeah, it's its own platform, um, super easy to find. You can just Google Movember Conversations, it comes up as well. Yeah. Perfect. And it, it sounds like it's really great, like you're going into schools and actually initiating some of these conversations and raising awareness about this at a, a younger age group. Because I think even just speaking, you know, colloquially with students, often mm-hmm. actually until they come to uni, they actually don't, they've never really had these conversations and stuff before, which is actually, you know, can be quite yeah. surprising. I guess just sticking on the on the educational setting I guess for any listeners who just are aware of Movember just within Exeter and how big it's grown what's like the what's like the picture around other educational institutions across the UK in terms of engagement with Movember yeah in terms of like engagement and um well for universities it's been incredible this year um overall they've raised about 1.5 million already um, this this November, and obviously we've still got a few days left to go, and people continue fundraising into December. So, you know that could even increase, um, and not even just that, but in terms of the conversations that I've had, and lots of people reaching out to me with the ambassadors, with you know pre-existing connections that I've got. Everyone is really keen to get those conversations going, to talk more about mental health, and to actually do something about it. Um, one of the top kind of fundraiser. Uh, student ambassadors I had a conversation with him a couple of weeks ago and he said people are, are not only donating to me but going you know actually I should be doing more and then start fundraising themselves so it's having this sort of knock-on effect um, and I think you know with the ambassador program and with people like Charlie Stewart who started the the campaign Exeter I think it was three or four years ago now you know that awareness is building year on year and people want to get involved more and more so I think that's definitely happening across a lot of universities across the UK. There's no doubt that Exeter, you know, are number one, um, but there's a lot of universities who are, who are really getting massively engaged in it, which is, which is amazing. Um, and it seems to be kind of increasing year on year. So yeah, we'll see how it goes over the next few years. Incredible and great to hear. And I think, yeah, and I know certainly the, the student ambassadors, certainly at Exeter have been incredible in terms of, you know, helping to get this campaign started, but obviously that motivate other people to do it as well. And I think each year it's almost as if, you know, everyone, soon as it comes up towards, you know, the month, people are already planning things themselves because they know how important it is. So I think it's definitely um, been a really, really positive thing. Um, I guess going going back to you, Ozzy, um, you mentioned an, an exciting partnership you had was with Harlequins. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about that partnership? Yeah, sure. So it's the um, it's to run the ahead of the game program with them, which is um, yeah, sort of mental health sort of awareness and education program um, for for young athletes. Um, so with Quinns, it's basically incorporating that sort of mental health education into training as well, and sort of delivering it in a way which is engaging for for young men. So the aim is to get sort of eight thousand um, sort of you know boys through through the the program um over over the course of sort of three years um so it's it's great because it sort of it covers the whole sort of community so it's not just for the boys themselves it's also for the parents and for the coaches as well so you've got the whole community around them who's aware of mental health issues know what's knows what to look out for uh, and how to sort of deal with those um situations when they come up i think kind of like what we were touching on before you know with with young people it's it's really important that they know know these things from an early stage and um before they get to kind of you know the crisis point we movember is really trying to prevent 
um people getting to that stage where you know they they feel feel on the on the brink and one way to do that is to sort of strengthen social connections um and and this program sort of helps do that by connecting people around sort of mental health and having them all on the same page about you know how to talk about these things um you know like I've you know I've spoken to a couple of people recently uh, sort of old, older folks sort of in their 40s and 50s and they're kind of like you know I was who've got depression and they're like well I didn't I didn't really know what it was when I was going through it I wasn't really looking out for it I just I felt terrible uh, I couldn't get out of bed but I, I couldn't really I couldn't say why I, could, I didn't think I was the kind of person that would be depressed um, so we're kind of you know we want that to be you know a thing of the past if, if we can as much as possible uh, and make people aware you know if you are having a tough time there are things you can do to get help um and you don't have to you know you don't have to keep this to yourself like, you know a lot of guys bottle things up and and that just makes things worse um and we always hear that as soon as they tell someone else so they they reach out and get support you know it's a huge weight off their shoulders so yeah we we want to hear more of that of you know young people coming forward and being forthright about the tough times because we you know we all encounter them at some point it's just you know how how do you deal with them do, do you struggle on alone or, or do you um find someone else to, to give you a hand and it can be a, it can be a friend like anyone can help help out just by listening and you know that's one of our, our big messages it doesn't have to be a healthcare professional straight away obviously if someone is really struggling then they'll need that professional support um but hopefully we can build you know a society or a community of people who who are already there um you know at the end of at the end of the phone or, or just around the corner so you, that you can speak to. I think that's a great thing because I think I was actually at the, the, the launch with the, the Quinns um, over yeah. thing. Uh, was it? It was in, um, at the Stoop a few years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I think I remember the, one of the most powerful things was seeing, you know, some of the big well-known, you know, rugby players such as Joe Marler and Danny Kerr yeah. being a part of the B-Man and Woolworths campaign. And I think it's just really powerful having these, like role models, yeah. Seeing them quite vulnerable, but seeing them being very honest with themselves. Um, why do you? And I, I, this is a question. You know, I'm, I'm I've been a part of the rugby club. You know, rugby is, I guess, my sport. And there seems to be a real connection with rugby in November. You know, why? Why do you think that is? Yeah, I don't know. It's been a, a long affinity between November, November, and rugby. Um, you know, Quinn, Quinn's have been great. Like you say, Joe Marler's like been very open about you know the the problems he's he's faced um you know he did, did a podcast for us this year a podcast episode with with november um people, and could like people like chris robshaw as well sort of chipping in and, and putting their name behind it and obviously yeah that kind of role modeling helps other people come forward but yeah with with rugby i think um yeah i mean it, november started in australia back like back in 2003 um the the Australian rugby team really picked back picked up on it in like two thousand and six and they when they were touring in um the UK they put Movember on their shirts because the the beer brand that was meant to be on the shirt was wasn't allowed under UK rules so um a bit more slack in Australia apparently around beer um but yes yeah, so they 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 sort of um I think they kind of brought it to the fore first off and then a lot of the Kiwis picked it up like we, we see loads of the loads of the All Blacks doing it and um, sort of the Fijian and, and Tongan guys as well um, and then yeah it's obviously just sort of spread to the UK Dylan Hartley and uh, 
James Haskell have been big ambassadors in the past as well. And that's, I mean, we saw Johnny May um, after the last England game talking about and sporting his moustache. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think, you know, with rugby, there's, there's obviously this big thing, you know, big guys, strong guys, you know, ostensibly strong guys um, who are indestructible, you know, they'll walk off a broken leg. I'm bleeding, I don't care. But, um, you know, they have their mental health issues as well. And I think, you know, seeing that kind of... Um, that contrast, that dichotomy, or whatever you want to call it, between you know that that external strength and the internal sort of not not weakness but vulnerability, you know they have their troubles as well. So it just shows that anyone can have these problems, no matter if they're a successful international athlete who's you know built like a brick house, um, you know they they still have issues too, and then that that becomes you know that becomes a a good role modeling for for guys everywhere. And and then also, I think if the thing is with Movember as well. Is it even though it is a men's health charity, it's 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 something which concerns everyone. Yeah, we all know people who've been affected by our our cause areas, you know. Um, but also, you know, it's important that we look out for men's health as well. Um, people, you know, kind of sometimes ask, you know, why why men's health? Um, but you know, if we have have healthy, happy men, then that, that has a positive impact on the wider community as well. Um, you know, it's better for their families. It's better for their loved ones as well if they're they're in a positive sort of uh, mental and physical um sort of place. So, yeah, it's touches everyone. So just I guess finishing off then. Um, I guess look looking forward. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll pose a question to both of you. How can you sort of I guess thinking ahead to next year's campaign and even future years campaigns how can you perhaps see Movember sort of evolving as a as a foundation um I think from from my perspective I've been here this is my seventh campaign um Aussie's even longer I think it's your tenth or ninth um so yeah we've both been around a while and, and kind of seen seen how it's evolved and see how it's changed in that time and I think I think there's definitely more of a focus on mental health generally in the kind of public space. And that is due to charities like us and like other people doing great work and kind of opening up that conversation. So I think, I think we'll definitely continue to go in that direction. Um, and that will come in the form of, you know, our funding, new projects that we're investing in, the conversations that we're having, and really just continuing that work around behavior change in men. And as we just talked about in everyone, you know, it's a, it's a, very much a group effort of everyone having that behavior change. Um, and I think just becoming and continuing to be kind of thought leaders in that space um, is kind of how I see it going. We mentioned some of the some of the projects already um, that kind of support that, so November Conversations being one of them. And there's another, which is a social connections challenge, um, which is a, is a grant that we've uh, launched back in August. Um, and essentially it's it's, it's anyone can apply to it and it's essentially a sort of ideas around maintaining social connections um, and managing isolation obviously in view of, of lockdown um, in the context of the, of the year of 2020 um, so you know things like that I think will start to roll out more um, focusing around mental health and specifically around kind of isolation and, and, and maintaining social connection um, so that's kind of where I see it going and evolving um, and in terms of universities I think that definitely holds true with them um, I think mental health is one of the main things that they feel connected to in terms of Movember and, and what they identify with. Um, 
so yeah so for me I think that's kind of where I see Movember going Ozzy if you agree <laughs> yeah I think you've hit the nail on the head there uh yeah I, I wouldn't really have much to add on that just you know uh maybe just you know on the, the sphere of prostate cancer as well you know we've done a lot of work since Movember started and invested a lot in sort of research and and support services for for prostate cancer so um yeah, I think we'll start to see the sort of the sort of fruits from that and investment over the next few years in terms of like better tests, uh, and hopefully sort of better care for for men with prostate cancer. You know, it's a it's a long long journey with that, but I think, um, yeah, we'll, we'll start to have an impact. I think on a sort of global scale, um, with, with that. Aussie, Wani, thank you very much. It was a really interesting conversation. Appreciate your time. Thanks, I thank Sam. you, Cam. And that ends this episode of Explore with the University of Exeter. On next week's episode, we're going to be exploring University Grounds with Ian Park, who is the Assistant Director of Grounds at the University. As always, if you have any suggestions for content or want to submit feedback, please email us at studentcoms at exeter.ac.uk. Thank you for listening.